0: Got my first real six string. Bought it out the five and done. Played it till my fingers bled. Shug the Mooney episode sixty nine, nice, exactly. Um, here we are, Shug. We uh, hopefully no technical difficulties this time. Last time we had an amazing episode. I loved it. Yeah, shout uh, out to
1: everyone who
0: who stuck by us because
1: it was some good shit. But it was just it sounded horrible. It sounded horrible when I was um um when I was editing things. I know like the video. It sounded bad, but uh if you bear with us it was it was good stuff but this week i think we got everything like figured out
0: oh yeah and have some technical difficulties it is what it is so is life i was like give us feedback like bad we had the negative we had the bad feedback distortion give us some good feedback uh it's actually the episode i I listened to the most ironically (laughs) you know it's like uh because i had to go through it like three times and i was like you know oh man um well, here, here we are with episode 69. Uh, a long week, good week, eventful week mm-hmm. since uh, we recorded. We recorded, um, our, our episode came out a little late, but we we actually were able to hang out. Yeah, uh, at one point we were going to talk about uh, our little adventure this week. Uh, we, we, I can't believe we're saying this. We went to our third AEW show, which uh, surpassed like
1: the amount of WWE. Within the last two months, maybe like the last four weeks, I've surpassed the amount of WWE events, WWE slash WWF, because the first one I think was when I, it was still WWF, but I've surpassed WWE events, um, with AEW events.
0: So we're gonna talk about that uh really soon uh, but I still want to tell you everyone else like what else we're gonna talk about uh this week another thing that's been going on for like um you know for uh i don't know for like a month i've been hearing about it and when i was a kid i would be watching like cable news and i would always know like what's like the media is covering now it's like twitter and like whatever is like uh, trending uh but there was like a missing person case that turned into a uh murder case and then like there's a person of interest and um, I don't want to focus solely on, like, the crime or, like, the potential crime and alleged uh, allegations. Uh, Nor for- do we want to, like, downplay it,
1: because it's, it's, it's yeah. bad shit all around. It's just, um, we just want to give some commentary on, like, the coverage of it.
0: Yeah, and I haven't.
1: A- also, like, just it, all in all, how, like, law enforcement is, like, dealing with it, because that in and of itself is also, like, something we have commentary on.
0: Yeah, I just like I had this whole idea of uh, how we're like learning about this, and ironically, in like a tra- in a tragic way, of the person who who's who's lost or missing, and we- now we know they-, they found the remains of their dreams and everything. Like they wanted to be like known, and like now we know. Like if you type in the name, it pops up, and it's very morbid, and you know. Uh, but I just find that very uh, tragic, and I just want to talk about that. Uh, but it's the you know the Gabby uh, Potato, yeah, uh, Potato, yeah, and the person of interest Brian uh, Laundry, Brian Laundrie, Freyante, yeah, we'll talk, yeah, well, and and I thought they were all I keep forgetting how old I am, but they were like young kid, they were young, they were kids, you know. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that. Uh, if you guys have been listening since the beginning, you know that uh, Shug is a. He should be up there. He should be the next James Bond. He should be the next 007. I mean, anyone out there, uh, I, I don't want any weird stuff, but any fan fiction or fan art, I want Shug as James Bond to be sent to me. It might slide in my DMs. No, but uh, we're going to talk about, because after uh, a year and a half, 18-month delay, uh, James Bond 25 previously, now it's uh, No Time to Die, has the official release date.
1: Yeah, and it will be my return to the theater because <laughs> unlike a lot of other stuff, it's it's um it's only releasing in theaters. So I'm gonna try to uh go to like an early show. Hopefully it's empty because I don't I am still not too espoused with the idea of being enclosed in a small oh. area with a lot of people, um, while there's COVID and these Delta variant and all of this stuff. Um, and we'll, even though I'm vaccinated because yeah, there we'll, are breakthrough breakthrough um things. But I'm going to talk about that too when I, when we talk about AEW.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about AEW too because uh we were in a massive thing and uh, I had my mask on at certain points and we're going to get into the whole detail of that. Uh, but I would have went to Sopranos, we, the movie, but I'm like, why, why am I going why, why to be a schmuck here and uh, go to the theater? I'll sit my ass down, eat some ice cream, my Tony Soprano in my living room and watch the Saints of Newark, the many Saints of Newark. But anyway, we're getting into that. But um, there's a whole stuff we can talk about with James Bond. Even though I've, I'm i not that big of a James Bond guy, I want to be, and I will be. Uh, but I have my own take on it, which is going to be great. Um,
1: well, the point of contention is just that, um, Daniel, as we all know – right, um, right. He hasn't officially said it, but it's presumed that this will be his last James Bond outing. Um, and he had his thoughts on um who should be the next James Bond and just the idea, cause you know, over the last few years a lot of people has ha- have had like um ideas of you know, should be a person of color, should maybe they should change it up and it should be a woman and he gave his 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 thoughts on that and you know basically what he said I totally agree with and i back and I was surprised to see by the amount. I was surprised to see the amount of support that he got from like society in general especially in this era of just you know social justice warriorism that you know as soon as you say something that's counterintuitive to what people perceive as like progression like you know you're immediately canceled or whatever. So I was surprised to see a lot of people had you know agree with him because I think he he was essentially on um our side in the in 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 talking about like representation in film. So we'll, we'll be talking about that um, later on in the show.
0: And, of course, uh, tune in out if you're not a fan of sports. No, we're going to do a quick little uh, sports recap, too, like we always do, because it's, it's a big part of what we do. Um, we're Nick fans and everything, and we're very excited for the season to start mm-hmm. uh, very, very soon. Tip-off is coming up not too long. Um, and then off-the-court uh, headlines – they, it always, it seems to amaze me. The last week we talked about Clyde Frazier, I was sad and everything about his restaurant closing. Another off the core thing about the Knicks is uh, they're doing a very positive thing. And, you know, ironically, I use the word positive, but uh, uh Shoke, tell me about the whole thing with uh, having the team, you know, 100% and the staff, everyone involved with that being 100% vaccinated and they're proud of it and they're hyping it up. And we get a we get some people doing little jabs at our organization uh, that we grew up loving, um, using it as a uh, a way just to do another knock for no need for no reason. So Which we'll this that point real quick. is is really like outdated. Um, oh yeah, attack it's it's hack. Yeah.
1: Um. So, hundred percent, the staff and the players are all vaccinated. Um. Because. The NBA, it essentially, like, they can't force players to get vaccinated, but what they can do is make it more beneficial um, for your team if you're vaccinated because um, their mandate is if the city that you play in, if indoor events require you to be vaccinated, only then you can play, only then you can um, if you're coaching, be on the bench or in the arena, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and the New York Knicks told all team, you know, everybody on the team as of now, and that includes like it's, it's funny because on the preseason, obviously, um, you have a little bit more of an expanded route ra- roster, so even guys who are on like the bubble for the team are vaccinated, um, which is awesome, which is great, and. The staff, everybody's vaccinated. Um, which in comparison to our counterparts across the Hudson River, the Brooklyn Nets, um, it's already been like reported that Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated. So, in that case, he wouldn't be eligible unless he becomes vaccinated at some point during the season. He's not going to be eligible to play any games. Um, in the state of New York um, I'm not sure about everywhere else but for sure here in New York indoor you have to be vaccinated in order um to, to go to these things you know we went to AEW what did they do everybody had
0: to show a vaccination card before you even showed your ticket yeah and I went to a last night me and my girlfriend went to a Oh, AEW was 22,000 people in this massive Asher Arthur Stadium. I went to a small show in Queens that was probably like 400 people. And it patted me down. uh, You know, they're like, let's see the card. Let's see the... Same thing, GCW show. was kind of like the NXT version of AEW. They're like, you know, they're minor league. Anywhere in New York York City, especially New York City. Might have been a 40 and slip. But you said the Hudson River, because like the Nets belong in Jersey. But it was East a 40 and slip. Yeah, but it was a East 40. to me. Yeah. Me. No, but I. I, appreciate I haven't been it, a, because of Rebel, right?
1: we we've been traveling, so I don't. Oh you know, yeah. Well, I, we, there we go. I, 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 I'm all I over don't, the
0: place. Yeah. I I can't I can't quote the man now. Maybe things die down, but we're jet setting. But well, we can't do we can't quote that man right now. Uh But yeah, I mean the hate continues with the Knicks and it's needless because when it finally happens, they're going to be all over the Knicks. And, you know, it's, it's come on the, come on the boat now. Cause you yeah. had the other thing you remind me of her name, but I know you know her name, but the jump, they had like the ESPN jump. Um, they can had see, fat Joe on.
1: Yeah. Cassie Hubbard, um, Cassie Herbert, um, Cassie Hubbard or Hobart, um, I like H-E-G-D I like her, I like, yeah, yeah, I like her. She's great. She's awesome. Um, as a you know a- NBA reporter and everything. Um, but before we get into that, um, okay. it's still you know or or you know the quote unquote inept. You know everybody has to do the you know Knicks for clicks. Um, shout out um, Nick Central on Twitter, Alex B who coined our phrase, Knicks for Clicks. Um, this gentleman, in, in um, relevance to what we were talking about with the 100% vaccination rate, Jason Swartz, who mm-hmm. is a senior writer, investigations and enterprise with Swartz Illustrated, and before that, he worked for Political and ESPN and Boston Magazine. Um, so now I guess he works for Sports Illustrated solely. Um, he said, if the Knicks, in relation to Scott Perry, our general manager, saying that the organization is fully vaccinated, including all players. Um, well, the full quote is Scott Perry says the organization is fully vaccinated, including all players, says it's a credit to the team, the players and its medical staff that that is the case. So that in of itself, um, Tim Bontemps tweeted that out and reported that. So shout out Tim Bontemps. Um, Jason Swartz said, "If Knicks, if the Knicks can do this right, there is no excuse for any other team in sports." So that's a big ass shot because I didn't. Even, he's at any team in sports. So as far as ineptitude goes, in his mind, New York Knicks are like at the bottom. So it's like if the Knicks can do it, anybody can do it, which is like a backhanded comment, uh, compliment if I've ever heard
0: one. And then he no. followed. He followed that up before you. Oh, you... oh wait, wait, no, I, I didn't see the the next. Let me cut you off real quick. I have to because when I first saw that, you sent it to me. I'm like, okay, I, I just saw the. I didn't think it was a. I didn't think it was a, a jab. And then it took me like two times to look at it, and I was like, if the Knicks like, I was like, oh, you know, they give the whole. Oh, that's fucked up. So what's the, um, the yeah? Next it's 27? like not it. if like
1: it. if like the ugly fat girl could get a date to prom, what is your your um? What is yeah. your excuse? You know, <laughs> like that type of thing. Or the ugly fat guy, because you know or, in or today's the, society, or, society, you can't this is you can't do that type of thing with women, but guys, it's you know it's it's part. Or for the or,
0: course. Or, or the skinny the skinny quiet guy who had an over became a very uh, out out there guy like me. I got a date. I got, I got a date.
1: Yeah, but they still don't care about that guy. You know, like like Lizzo. <laughs> One day, Lizzo broke the door open for for the for the big girls. So I had you you like the skinny guy. Like um, I, apparently,
0: a, a, Adrian Brody didn't do it for for them guys. Shook saw me. I didn't wear my belt. I lost I I lost weight and like my pants are falling down. I'm, I'm pulling my pants up, but I don't want it to <laughs> I wasn't wearing my belt. It's it's hard, it's hard being a skinny uh skinny man. All
1: right,
0: anyway, continue.
1: So his follow-up tweet said to the many Knicks fans who now seem to be angry at me, it's a hundred percent fair to criticize me for making a lazy, unoriginal joke. It is completely unacceptable, though, to criticize me for not being respectful enough of the Knicks' historic fourth place finish last season. Um and to that, I say like um nobody's saying like our fourth place finish was his historical. What should be acknowledged is the fact that we had the lowest payroll in the league and we had a home court advantage in the playoffs and many um sports books as well as many sports publications, um, and bloggers and websites, anybody who talks about the NBA, which is like a fucking wasteland in of itself all had us pegged to win anywhere between like 13 and 22 games and be well outside the playoffs and being third to last or the last team in the NBA, the worst team in the NBA. So nobody's saying it's a, historic, it's a historical season, but it does show the fact that we were – the fourth place team in the eastern conference meaning it was um, Philadelphia won Milwaukee eventual NBA champions who we won the season series against okay and mm-hmm. all game these weren't games that like Giannis didn't play in so these were games that Giannis and Chris Middleton played in and we oh. won the season series and third was Brooklyn um so Right after that was the Knicks, so it should let you know that the Knicks as an organization aren't your Knicks of the 2000s, um, or the late 2010s. You know,
0: yeah. Also, it's front.
1: Like- it's a competent franchise, period, and it's a lame joke. Like, there's a lot of incompetent NBA teams. Like right now, you could take a look at the Philadelphia 76ers. And how they've handled Ben Simmons, and that's a team where it's like, are they vaccinated? If they're not vaccinated, clearly they're not competent because they're not competent in vaccination and not competent in basic basketball operations. Because one of the star players, Ben Simmons, is basically like "fuck you" to the franchise and not talking to players, nor coaches, nor the front office. So, how about we talk about those type of organizations? before you talk about the Knicks, where there's no kind of, like, drama coming from them.
0: Yeah, and also um to to something similar to what you said. So, like, when we were watching the postseason and the finals of 2021 in NBA, um, they were making so much excuses as to why the Milwaukee Bucks were illegitimate champions, like mm-hmm. who was injured, yep. who was – so the bubble, the uh, Twilight Zone 2020 Lakers is more legitimate than, the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, and you uh, are—you right. know my feelings on that. <laughs> yeah, and we—it's well documented. Uh, I just find that funny. It's like, uh, it's 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 not even the level lovable, lovable loser syndrome, which is like kind of like the Mets or whatever they always say. Like, oh, whatever. it's like they fucking the the toxic the hatred for the Knicks for some you know, and they keep saying it's because of the owner and stuff like that. Bullshit. It, it's more than that. They just there's something about it. They go, it's, it's clickbaits. Back then it was uh daily news post back page, uh, you know, heat and like people, all oh, you'd buy. Cause either you hated the next or you love the next, you're going to buy the paper to see what they said. And they, it's continuing now with the digital age, but uh, you know, um yeah, I teased it before uh, about the uh, asking celebrities about the next stuff to even like, cause like fat Joe. We talked about fat Joe uh, last week bx Terrible. um i felt it, i watching the video i felt like it was like we had 10 questions and I, i'll ask you like a couple of these it felt like it was like they asked like three of them and then i know they asked this one she's like felt uncomfortable like the most generic question that you could like like how does it feel to be or oh, whatever whatever you know like it's it felt so flat and it's like uh like it's such a generic question and the question was um, let's get the actual quote. It's very, uh, very, very official. Question: Any concerns about the Nets maybe taking over the New York fan base? Yes, and Fat Joe, this right now, and he's like, uh, you know, it's like it's such a you, you have airtime, but you have millions of dollars spent on on, on mm-hmm. worldwide television, worldwide satellite yeah. television. What is Fat Joe gonna say to that? Like, uh, you know, it's like so such a stupid question, you know. What do you think? It was a stupid question, and it warranted
1: the answer that I gave her, which was uh, never gonna happen. I mean, um, shout out to all my Knicks fans. I'm I can't go um, the 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 people are following following me on Twitter. Like, I can't specifically say it, but a lot of people were like, "Well, first of all, like the Knicks, their playoff tickets sold out within seconds. On top of that, the the playoff tickets in Atlanta." Like basically sold out amongst the New York market, like real quickly, too. And what happened to the Nets? They had to have James Harden on there saying, like, hey Nets fans, like we're paying for half of your your ticket, half the ticket price, so it's half off, blah 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 blah. And they got bounced from the playoffs, nobody gave a shit. Like, people are talking about us getting bounced by the Atlanta Hawks and hyping up this rivalry with Trey Young and all of that shit. Like, people are talking about our series. Like, nobody's talking about the fact that, like, Kevin Durant basically got outdued. Kevin Durant and James Harden basically got out- outdo by Giannis Kumbo You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's talking about the Nets. Like, nobody cares about the Nets. And it was interesting because, obviously, you, I know Cassidy because I know she she grew up in Chicago. I think she went to Simeon High School, the same high school. Um, uh. Derrick Rose and um Benji, if you remember that 30 for 30, um unfortunate that that young, young, young man who unfortunately died, um, who was touted to be one of the next big NBA stars in the 80s. Um, so very famous high school. So she grew up in Chicago. So my response to that was if I was fired, if, like, well, I can't say if it was Fad Joe, and he probably didn't know where Cassidy was from, but me, if you would have asked me that question, I would have been like, "Honestly, you're from Chicago, right? Being the fact that the Bulls as an organization, and there's ain't no shot at the Chicago Bulls. I'm just saying the Knicks ain't build, the, the Knicks ain't been deep had a deep ass playoff run since the nineties, right? The Bulls, the only time they had a deep ass playoff run was Derrick Rose's NBA, um, his NBA MVP year. Um went to the conference finals, took on a heat loss. So take that away the same way people like to take away the mellow years. Like people act like those shits never existed and act like we've been atrocious for like 20 years straight. Let's just imagine we take away that, that thing. Basically, the Bulls and the Knicks hadn't been relevant since the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say imagine another NBA team, move a more successful NBA team moved into Chicago. Would people? Imagine, I would ask Cassidy. I would say, would people gravitate towards that other NBA team, or would they still be Bulls fans? And I said, either watch her lie, or watch her be true to herself as a Chicagoan, and say no, nah, like people will still be Bulls fans. And then I would say, well, that's how people feel about the Knicks. The Knicks have been here long. People have lived and died with the Knicks. Um, and you 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 talked a little bit about like the Mets. Like, I was just watching um, this four-part documentary um, series, Another 30 for 30, about the Mets' 1986 season. And you saw how people gravitated towards our team because it was a lot of... And it, they talked about the history of, like, you know, people didn't want to be Yankee fans because they were National League fans. These were ex-Giants and ex-Dodger fans. And they grew up And then they had kids Make them into Mets fans And the thing with the Nets is They don't have that caveat here They've always been our team That was across (laughs) Legitimately (laughs) Legitimately across the Hudson River And now they're that team That's across the East River And it's like, you know, if you can't afford Knicks tickets And you want to see a certain team You go to a Nets game You Hmm. know, like that's what they are i don't think they would ever encroach on the nyc market like the knicks had to be legitimately trying to like fuck up like a lot of the other teams in new york like the new york giants and john mara who apparently says if they go on three tomorrow there's going to be big changes which flummoxes it flabbergasts me because i'm like you at this point, I would figure John Mara is like used to 0 and 3 and 0 and 4. I don't understand why all of a sudden now it's a problem.
0: Like he's trying to be a whole like Steinbrenner bullshit. That ain't gonna happen. He's you know, like, it has to be big changes. I don't know. Uh, Tradition, but um, you mentioned uh, you made, a, you made a great point about uh, Chicago if there was another team that came in. Um, uh, now I felt like I, I would like a month ago, I would have been like. I don't, I, I would, this would have came to my mind. Well, we, we were in Chicago and I saw signs from Milwaukee. I So I'm basically thinking like, kind of, it's like, uh, you know, you're in the Turnpike, in the Jersey Turnpike, you see Philly signs. I'm not rooting for the Sixers. I'm not rooting for the Phillies. And, and I'm living in, you know, like that distance, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like, there's like such like more like tradition. It has to do with tradition than, um who's hot like who's like the big team because next mean, year they're gonna be shit again
1: i don't mean speaking you know? of speaking of like chicago if, if you you really want to boil it down if you really boil it down the white Sox had a, a shorter yeah um drought still a long drought a shorter drought and ended it quick more quickly than the cubs did but you know what cubs fans didn't say like oh well you know what the white Sox. it seems like it has the way to go and it was just a weird question i think like that's just gonna be how it is um you know until like the nets whole shit like crumbles and as we said before they're not vaccinated so you're talking about and and this is another like phrase like i coined on twitter I was like, these guys could only if you're not vaccinated. That means you could only play games in the MAGA circuit.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, beautiful. So
1: you're talking about people who could only play in like Florida, Texas, dirt bike uh, rallies, all these different. <laughs> yeah. It- it- <laughs> so I- it's gonna be interesting to see how it works out. Like if if he if Kyrie decides to get vaccinated, if not there goes another excuse.
0: It's like the asshole version of not wanting to fight in a war. Like I think, you know, it's like, Oh, you can't do, it. you don't, you're abstaining from, uh, you know, whatever. It's like that type of thing where it's like, you can honor someone by, all right, I, I respect that you don't, you know, okay. But then, you know, this is something way different and it's, it's at home and stuff. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, we can talk, we can talk about this more and all, um, about the lovable loser, like, last thing i'll say about chicago is i saw way more cubs swag um i almost bought a w shot glass because you know i now i know like that's like their like logo uh and way in the back way in the back i saw the sock stuff and i always liked the sock stuff more but i could never like appreciate it because i didn't want to because i'm a yankee
1: fan I like the logo. <laughs> like oh the logo. yes, every
0: know. time. Hey, 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 um, I got the angels. I got a tramp stamp of the California Angels. No, um, uh, all right. So uh, let's move into uh, sports entertainment, aka professional wrestling. Okay, so when we were in Chicago, we saw AEW. We saw a bunch of wrestling stuff, but AEW uh, two events, and um, I I saw the moment. I saw the moment. When Shug was like, oh, and he said like clapping. It was a still cage match. It was the it was the tag team. I mean you always loved Orange Cassidy. Let's get that out of the You well, always loved him. You you were before even right, video, to... if if y'all listen to check that out on YouTube or on Orange Cassidy video. Way back when I even I was just like describing like wrestling. This is like, I was like doing word. I was just like, oh man, there's this thing called indie wrestling and you're like oh yeah <laughs> like like you met like Randy Orton no, no no it's something different and i, I was describing it to you um but um so orange cass is one character that's man i saw him in a gymnasium in some like catholic school two and a half years ago or maybe more like 3 years ago like 2018 and then we saw him in front of 22,000 people in this very nice i'm not going to say it's not perfect for sports like this type of thing for uh for us open sure um the at uh arthur s stadium um just right out of the bat like i love the outside of it it's fun you know it's like very like, open um no parking fees was great um but when we were on our way to aw dynamite or aw grand slam it was a whole extravaganza three shows mm-hmm. um I did notice it had a a festival vibe to it and I'm not into that. I've been to shows like upstate New York where it's like a free for all. There's no security. Just like people just like doing whatever the hell they want. Not a fan of that. So I, sometimes I like order. So, um, so we went on Wednesday night, uh, our last Wednesday, AEW was filming, um, their TV shows, uh, the first show was taped for their internet uh, YouTube channel. One was live broadcast around the world. And then they have recorded uh, another half that aired um, last night, like a few days after it happened. And it was a five-hour, I almost said ordeal. It was a five-hour extravaganza. Well, going in there, when we, when we were pulling up, what, what was your thoughts on, uh, what did you expect? Because cool, we already went to all out we talked about this before we already went to an arena show in a suburb of Chicago. Now we're in New York city. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? It was cool. I mean, I've never been
1: to like, for, for one, like I, I don't think I could sit down and watch tennis. Um, So I'd never been in Arthur Ashe or the Billie Jean King tennis center. And I know they redid Arthur Ashe stadium because it didn't have a roof. Um, before yeah, it has a roof now, so we were in there. It was an indoor thing. It's a retractable roof, so um, it was different. And I went in, and I was just like um, basically amazed by how like huge it was. I was amazed by the fact that they were able to fit the ring and the set, um, you know the 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 entrance set, um and everything it was it was just like a cool setup they put in i think they put in the um the center like scoreboard type thing where you could watch oh, yeah. the match and stuff like that oh my think god impressive. that was a part
0: of it very impressive uh and at one point uh when like the main stuff started happening i was like boom they had the pyro it was like my yeah. goodness i smelled i was like I had to, like, oh, my God, it cleared my, not, my uh, nasal. I was like, Jesus. Because uh, if anyone watches AEW Dynamite, it was, like, very impressive. Um, yeah, you could feel it. Uh, but for me, it was my fourth, fourth AEW show in less than a month. And what Sugar already said, like, he, he went to a few WWE, WF shows. Um, I mean, I'm still going to be, I'm WWE, you know, look, you know, ride or die until you know because I'm you know, in New York. A man, despite all his shortcomings and whatever you want words you want to use for shortcomings, that's what I. That's that's my bread and butter when growing up. But I it was so awesome to see all these guys who, on a whim, I don't know what got me into it again. I started just started going to like indie shows in the New York City area, and I could give you the laundry list of all the guys that we saw because. If you look at the card and you look at the matches, like 25% of the matches included someone from the New York City area, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to, I keep, oh, I always hype him up, but Eddie Kingston, you know, Yonker's Zone. Uh, he ended the night, the whole shebang with a nice little speech where he, cl- he proclaimed that New York City was AEW country, which is, you know, shot across the bow, you know? Um, yeah, there was a lot of shots being taken because you even used out of like, sports
1: entertainment slash mm. professional wrestling. That was, um, I think, like, CM Punk came on and cut, like, mm. a pro- he cut a promo hyping up his match for Friday, which was yes. actually, like, his match, like, within, like, an hour. Um, where he said this is the first time, prof- this ain't only, like, he-, he was saying this isn't only the first time I've wrestled on TV in seven years. It's the first time professional wrestling has been in um New York City in seven years. I, I thought I was like a cool like little dig at um WWE because I think like two weeks ago maybe last
0: week like they were at the Garden um WWE. Oh it yeah. Was. Mm-hmm. They did, did a cool. whole weekend. Yeah, they did a SmackDown and a house show. I think, or uh, maybe not Raw, but they did something. Just fact check me yeah, on that. So it was like a interesting little
1: like dig, but it, it was cool, man. I, like again, same thing, like Chicago. Obviously, people weren't hanging off like CM Punk's nuts like they were in Chicago, which mm-hmm. I get because listen, like you said, a lot of New York City guys were wrestling um on our show. So, you know, obviously Chicago is gonna be like extra hype for like their guy, but um everybody was interested like all the matches everybody was interested in it was well engaged um as you said it's a tennis stadium so it was with its like shortcomings so we were there for like five hours mm. and oh it was they cramped don't anticipate Ooh. like you know these huge crowds um got you know people wanting like beer and food and going to the bathroom constantly like they do at a tennis tournament. So unfortunately, like they didn't have enough like concession stands to um, you know, adequately serve the amount of people that were there. Um, not enough bathrooms to serve the amount of people that were there. Um, and you could kind of tell like the people working there were a bit like overwhelmed. It was something they weren't used to
0: um but you know it was different
1: I like I like I like that that energy like you know having these events in these peculiar places like one of the things I think we were talking about it there where I was we were talking about like City Field um do you think like they would have something in City Field I always thought like it would be cool if like they had SummerSlam in like MetLife Stadium or Red Bull Arena or even in there like like as big as that place was they, they could decide to have something like that there and it would sell out and it would be great um but they, they would have to do something about
0: like the concessions and the restrooms and stuff like that so yeah i felt i felt bad um first off like the restroom i only use one restroom which is our which is crazy because uh either i don't go at all or i pee every 10 minutes uh, i'm like a little puppy um I, I use like a uh, New York City, New York City like park bathroom. that's what it was. I was like oh I felt like I was in like a park. Um, and then I'm a, I, I have a, a collection of things I like to collect. I bought this shirt last night from another show. I was like freaking out because I was getting like closer four because when shades of now arena in Chicago suburbs um, it felt kind of like oh my god Twenty thousand people are leaving at the same time well how are we going to do this and it was like a, a corridor and i i was like screw it i didn't buy a t-shirt that's exclusive to the event hopefully if they, they're doing a show in long island i'm still thinking about it. i'm like hopefully i can pick up this really cool shirt um there's like a new york style AEW shirt uh but i was like you know let's let's let's, let's get out of here you, you notice it i was like yeah hey, let's get out of here um cuz it was like i put my mask on i was like surrounded by people i'm like whatever whatever oh, yeah. um like even like at one point i was like trying to get to the seat and people were like hey what's was like like people i noticed that cuz it's 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 such it's still a big expansive thing which i want to get into real quick before that um like a lot of people 20,000 plus people but it still still felt like an indie show cuz it was in a weird venue or a different venue in new york city Uh, But it was kind of like the culmination of the WrestleMania of all the indie New York City stuff. Um, But I'll rectify that one day. I'll get that shirt one day. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. So uh, NXT uh, restarted or rebooted uh, last week. Um, NXT to WWE, people were always saying NXT was like the superior pro wrestling. You know, it was like what to watch when aew started uh, there was hints of it in 2018 and then they do it they did all all in uh in 2018 september and it was like uh like all the indie guys and I've no, i know i saw a bunch of them but this is still when i was new to it too with a lot of the indie characters uh and, and personalities um but six months later or four you know a few months later they announced aew And everyone was saying, "Oh, that's the death of indie wrestling." Like, because they got pretty much like they did like a version of what Vince McMahon did with all the territories. They got all the guys from all the different indie shows, but the caveat where they still did their little markets. They still went back to their little areas. Like last night, I saw people that were we saw on Wednesday night. I saw them there. but well, people were saying that it was going to be the death of the indie wrestling scene in uh, major markets in, like, in um, New York. Um, and then we, we had COVID and they they stopped doing shows. But now it's coming back up again. Um, I think that with the TV, it's, it's like backwards. It's like weird. It's like with the TV uh, and social media and stuff, people are going to start going to these indie shows more. these shows are gonna be sold out and stuff like which is shocking to me like where it's like it used to be like 20 people now it's like a thousand people um but it's just exciting to see because back in the 70s you'd always have like oh we're gonna go wrestling like it was kind of like once a month or once every couple weeks you go to the thing and hopefully uh this could be a new thing where you just check it out every once in a while um and I think it just is personified with this uh, AEW Grand Slam that a lapsed fan or a casual fan should. Uh, you had a great time watching. A, they're saying arguably the greatest televised wrestling match, one of the greatest televised match ever. The Daniel Bryanson and um, Kenny Omega match. For someone who doesn't like you, hey, Correct me if I'm wrong. You said you don't like actual matches, per se. You're more into the other stuff. You were into it. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah. I'm. I wanna, Not that I don't like. I'm more interested in like the storylines, and you know, now that you're asking me that, like, I feel like AEW tells better stories through their matches. You know, anytime you watch, like, especially in the A, A the AND. Um, WWE biographies. Everybody talked about, like, storytelling during the matches. And I think through all the events I've been, AEW, like, they do such a better job in getting you engaged in the match and the story of the match. And I think none... um, The only match, I think, that could hold a scandal that I've seen live in person to... That Kenny Omega um Daniel Bryan match was in all out. Um the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. You know, it's Those like... are great matches, especially that that Lucha Lucha Brothers, because I'd literally never heard about them before that match. And yeah. the Young Bucks, um I was I'd only seen them wrestle in like the first um episode of Dynamite way back when, 2019. I'd never seen them wrestle before. And they did a tremendous job in our match. Um, and we already know what... To, I already knew about um, Kenny Omega's res- reputation. I don't think he got to, like, flaunt it as much at all out against Christian. But in our match against Daniel Bryan, which was... Um, ended up being a draw due to the timeline, And that's the one thing I remember... Um, I can't remember if it was you that told me that or the gentleman sitting next to you when we were all out where you where it's like, yeah, they adhered to time limits. And it actually added to the intrigue of the match because it was like, okay, nobody lost. So they both wrestled literally till they couldn't wrestle anymore, till time permitted them not to. So neither guy ended up looking, um neither guy ended up looking weak. It made you it it, it seems strong, and I got you interested in the next time that you see um Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega wrestle again. And, and I and think that, that's, than- that's that's something yeah, that's that's something, that's something positive, especially. And I, I watched a little bit of Rampage last night, and I see that they still do the ranking system, um, and show people's like win loss records, and that's something that's different. And also another thing I noticed is Tony Khan comes out, who of course is the son of the guy that owns the the Jaguars. And I'm telling you, like, I feel like to a lot of people, he might come off as like a sport rich kid. Like, you know, all right, like daddy gave me a whole bunch of money. I'm going to make my own wrestling show and da, 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 da. But I think he's one of them people like us, where's like, he, you know, I'll give or take, he's probably like the same age
0: as me and you, right? He's probably like 39, 40, pushing 40. So he's probably like... He's y'all um,
1: younger than me. If not, he... He, he, he looks it. I,
0: look at him. Hey, uh, I think right, the last... We're time. both
1: Indians, so if he... If he, he I should have got those, those young-looking jeans too. Um, but I'm no. saying, like, he, he seemed like he grew up watching wrestling and i think he was one of the people like us that noticed that 38 competition makes you work harder and makes you put out a better product and i think he was one of them guys that grew up watching um wcw flipping a wwe flipping a wcw like we did and when wcw went out of business it wasn't like that and he ended up being one of those people that wanted to change the strangleholds that, that WWE had on professional wrestling and had the financial ability to do so. And I got to say, he's done, like, a tremendous fucking job. One of the things that surprised me, I seen some dudes, like, come out rapping, and it, it seemed like they were rapping like Shaq when he was in Kazam.
0: Oh, I like that reference. I and, then it. He,
1: and then he comes out, and he starts, like... You know, he's like, I've got somebody else for you. And out of nowhere, Lil' Uzi Vert comes out. I was like, oh shit, Lil' Uzi Vert. And it was it was entertaining, so They put on like really great shows all time all the time I've like, went and saw them. So yeah. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Not impressed I'll- enough to watch every week, but I'm thoroughly yeah. impressed that if Mike's like, yo, like AEW's here. Like Lord willing, we could make it to um the one in the brand new UBS arena in Long Island, hopefully. Um, because cause I'm I'm interested in, in, in going to the
0: hut. Yeah, I am kind of I'm like itching my finger. He was like, What's that for again? well Like the guy's like he wants to take the gun. He's like the itching the thing. But yeah, I what I was gonna say was it felt like a culmination of like a bunch of years, I wasn't part of the indie scene. Obviously, you know, like from like the early 2010s till I went to one show, I saw the young bucks, I saw all the guys, they went to my high school. And as a, I had been not a goof, but I was like, Wrestling, I saw a sign, it looked like it says, Keep off grass. I saw, Keep off grass, keep off grass, curb your dog, pro wrestling. And I was like, it's, at my high school, I was like, Okay, I was like, going to school, I was going to work or school at the time. Uh, on the bus. And it was like literally like a little sign you would put on to say, like, make sure you clean up your dog shit. And it, but it said pro wrestling. And I was like, all right. And back then it was TNA, it was like AEW. And like that, if you can, you know, imagine that. Um, Yeah. Or, or some bones better because I'm actually interested. Yeah. Um, and guess what? I missed some episodes too. You know, I went a couple months, I like go a week or because. Ratings don't mean shit for uh, I don't know if this whole like Trump thing, but like I mean, rating is not mean shit because people watch it on Twitter. They know what's going on. You know, you don't have to whatever, whatever. Um, but that's exciting. I think I guarantee you, you know, Vince McMahon, um, we're going to get some tickets to this Long Island because I'm just waiting for my next dir- direct deposit. to hit, mm-hmm. And maybe the next one, because I don't think it's going to sell out. Yeah, um, I. I should nice Go there too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, nah, I owe you, so
1: nah. I don't think I don't, I'm not gonna negotiate on it, but I owe you, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to to get that one. Um, but yo, um, we was there. Um, Angel, who I finally got to meet. Shout out Melee uh, Media. There you go. Cool ass dude. Um, just as pleasant as I thought he would be. So it that was. That was a fun experience
0: um expect a live extravaganza one time of uh me chug and the whole pro wrestling media i mean the melee media uh crew uh you met another guy from there but there's a whole there's a bunch of them they were there last night at the other show um they had their own show too it's 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 fun uh but anyway but uh, pro wrestling is fun now, and they keep using the word pro. Wrestling. Now I don't want to use the word pro wrestling anymore because they use it so much. Because I'm such a hipster that, that that my friend calls me a hipster. I'm like I'm not a hipster. I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, I don't know what I am, but I'm not a hipster. I am a AEW fan, and uh, we're gonna get into our next thing. That is, uh, we, we do a little curveball. Uh, we're gonna go into something more serious. Yes. Back after this. <laughs> Okay, so when I was younger, uh, they would always have uh, the media, like the cable news channel would always have like a major uh, story. And uh, there was no like Twitter. There was like nothing. I, I would just be watching, flipping through channels, and I would see like the same thing on every channel. I would see scandals, and I would see like murder, uh, potential murder, missing per- person uh, stories, uh, Nancy Holloway. The one I remember, uh, Natalie Peterson, Natalie. Yeah, so and, you
1: know, uh, Nancy- which is gonna make my point basically. The fact that I remember exactly her name. But go on. Yeah,
0: and Nancy Peterson. Um, like see. that. We remember. Make my point. Oh, there we go. Hey, we're raw. We, we okay? So I'm going off the cuff on like remembering these names of human beings, but I remember that I remember seeing their names on the bottom of, of the scroll um uh, on all these 48 hours uh date lines and we have like a twenty twenty one version of it that happened that's happening now uh because uh, we're recording on um september twenty fifth uh a Saturday in September and we're getting ready to, I was like uh up'll be ready in like in an hour and I I was just doing some final like notes and stuff. And my brother sent me uh, a text and it was just a link. It was like a stream link for uh, Twitter. I click on it and I just see like, this like big, bright yellow house and I just see this figure. And like from like 50 miles, f- 50 feet away and um, like distortion from like the stream, like a shitty stream. I was like, is that Dog the Bounty Hunter? And I see Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter is part of this three circus That is the media. Um, So the person of interest in this in this potential alleged crime um, is missing, or like he's not speaking to the authorities, not speaking to anyone. And you have Dog Van Hunter, who I like casually a week ago said, "How is he doing? Is he doing well?" Because I was I was I was caring about him because like I know like right before COVID hit, like he had a show. And then his, his wife died and everything i was like despite all the stuff you know he, he had less scandal and stuff and you you have your feelings on it i'm sure uh i was like ah you know i was like how's he doing and then i see him doing this whole little thing where they're filming him and it's like shades of 94 95 like OJ oh, shit, and um i'm not into that but we're, let's talk about it. gabby petito a woman missing and they found her the remains of her and that's the facts but let's let's build on the bones into the actual person who it it was um when did you when did you first hear about this whole thing uh a little trickle of it started happening about a month ago i believe or a few weeks
1: i mean it was like leading like local News, so I always thought like it was like something that was going on here. I thought she went missing somewhere in the tri state area. I was like in like Connecticut, Long Island, upstate, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, maybe. Um, because they they were leading like our news, like local news, and it that usually you know, when they lead, when they lead the news, usually like something that's that's happening pretty close to you. But um, found out like it was this young lady living in Florida with this gentleman, um, Brian Laundrie, in Florida with his parents, who was her fiance. Um, but she was actually from around here because she was raised and went to high school in Long Island and Blue Point. If you watch Sugar Reviews of Brews, you know, Blue Point Brewery. Is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, brewery. So, she she grew up near the area where that brewery is. So that's 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 how I know she's kind of local. Um, but it was interesting because it, it was here's like another like blonde white girl that's missing, and everybody's trying to find out where she is. Everybody's trying to figure out what happened to her, and I'm like, you know, just in the same um, just in the same way you mentioned. Um Lacey Peterson and um Natalie Holloway. Um it's like you know what the fuck happened. Like, look at the dude she was with. That was the last person I saw her. What did think? Like, when did you date like wouldn't I be the first person you go to?
0: Yeah, it's funny, like uh not it's not funny, not funny, ha. It's more of like a dark humor shit. But um uh, when that shit was going on with the uh, Nancy Holloway am I saying it? Nancy Holloway?
1: Yeah,
0: no, not All right. Holloway. Natalie Holloway, sorry. Um, they came out with a tape. And it was like, now I remember because I went backwards and I, I, I listened to like uh, talk radio stuff of that that happened back then. Um, like 5 06, I guess, or 7 08, I don't remember. Look, that long ago. We were like in late high school, I guess, or something like that. And I remember everything about it because it was all over the news. And um, now I remember that he was um he actually went to like she was all, she was like drunk or whatever and it's always a party scene it's always something like that or it's always an experience gone wrong and it's always a guy who is supposed to be hey I want to show you the world you know we're gonna do, we're gonna go have an experience and stuff and it goes bad um but i remember um like the i remember the audio tip of it where it was like oh but you didn't want to do anything wrong it was, it was just like yeah it just things went wrong so when i first heard about this i thought maybe it was like a fight gone wrong which is terrible to begin with um but like when you go deeper like other things were happening um and like there's like a whole like uh timeline um that i couldn't i can't keep track of time of like what's going on in like my own life but i have to remember this so I, 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 I doubled on, I, I double checked on it. Um, There's like key points that happened. I'm not sure if you're that detailed into it. But let's just, uh, let's just talk about the person, um, the, the woman, the girl, Gabby. Um, this jumped out to, jumped out at me that it was kind of what we were doing. Like we, we were recording ourselves. We want to be seen by the world. We want to express our voice. It was a vlogger you know someone a social media presence you know potentially you know um that's that's what really grabbed me when I was uh double, double you know going back into this whole uh, thing um did does that did anything about that um just the fact that she was like you know like a vlogger they had a van life thing and um didn't that seem tragic to you or it's like I'm talking about her now, and she wanted to be talking about traveling, but we're talking about this. That mm-hmm. seems very like sad to me, and I don't want to talk so much about the crime, but that that idea of that, you know, what is that, how does that make you feel? Oh, um, deep I mean,
1: question. Well, objectively, it makes me feel like perhaps that's why it, there was a lot of attention brought to it, because... Perhaps like her um, followers on social media probably, you know, suspected something, um, and you know, probably was you know, oh, where's she, she been? You yeah. know, some sometimes that's that's what happens. It um, in the gap. yeah. It's it's kind of crazy because, um, you know, we talked about Drake a couple of weeks ago and like the album he put out and. He dedicated the album to um a couple of Instagram uh, models and one of the models, Mercedes Moore, um she was killed in Houston by a man who was like stalking her in like a murder suicide and oh. when she when it, when I like I see it, like it was like yeah these models like he he tri- he, he, he made he dedicated the al- he dedicated the album to them. And I seen the name and I was like, oh, like I follow her because she's, you know, like she she looked good. So like I don't know, I follow like a bunch of like Instagram models and I was like, oh, shit, that was her that died. You know what I'm saying? So perhaps it was like a lot of people and like I assume like the person that I think the person I killed her, like he stalked her and killed her. So perhaps he was one of them people. I used to follow her on social media and sometimes people overshare. And it's like, oh, you know, perhaps he he saw where she lived. And was like, that looks, or places she frequent. And he was like, you know, probably casing her out. So who knows? Maybe, like, if it came out that, like, her fiancé didn't murder her, like, it might come out that, like, it was one of her followers and he just knew where she was going. So, I
0: mean, like, um, what you asked me, that's, that's,
1: that's what I, I take from that.
0: I mean, that's uh, if I slick back my hair and put on a suit, it'd be like reasonable doubt if I was like defending this guy, you know, reasonable doubt. Um but uh there there there's well, there a film too about like peeping Tom where people would like hire um like dancers, like go-go girls. And most horror movies is always like that type of woman, like someone who's like who wants to be on camera, and then they would always like, yeah, you know, it's that type of thing. It was very that's what we're gonna get into with this uh media obsession with murder it's like they used to call it i remember like 10 years ago in the last decade or so, even more um like uh, murder porn or what is it crime porn murder porn right they would always call it like the discovery people would watch this and like they would watch all this like crime and stuff over and over again and i hate if there's something else on i'll, yeah, I'll put on crime and go to sleep you know go to sleep to it but it's like that seems un- like like unhealthy and sad. Like, I don't like you know. I find it. I find it's kind of uh, like, kind of dark. It makes you give it a bleak, um, you know, one moment, you, your bleak uh look at society. Um, and I, I don't know if I, how that makes you feel. It makes me feel You know, it makes me feel down. And uh, you know, I don't want to say that all the time, but we, me and you, confessed. We've we've confessed about watching SVU. Like, you know, they used to watch that in college, like the marathons and stuff. Mm -hmm. You just put it on. It's like fascinating because we are fascinated by the the unknown. We're we're fascinated about like, just like the other side of just the darkness and stuff. I I find that fascinating. But going back to the specifics of this, um, there's a whole like timeline where... um, over a month ago uh i was add this whole thing they break it down where uh a young couple very this is a very um not poetic but very cliche thing where you go out with your future husband or wife your your future or partner let's see the world um Christ, I even did the tease about Route sixty six. You know, like yo, oh, well, let's see the world. You go to the desert and stuff with our episode sixty six. Uh, let hey, let's check it out. We'll see the desert and stuff. And when you're in the desert, it goes into the unknown. Um, but then there's a there's a there's a body cam. Hey, product of definitely a product of last year. We've been talking about in the last sixty eight episodes uh having like a constant camera on you know the authorities so there's uh, over an hour video of an situation it was a disorderly conduct disorderly conduct uh, incident um so we're watching this live like we're like retroactively we're watching like this whole digression of a trip you know just like a couple or just like a life um so do you you see that and then again you mentioned the social media following which uh where the audience especially they're they're following and then you have this van life thing and it's a a van they have where it's all souped up i i saw i heard i Tom Green did the same thing, he did a podcast, it's something new, like, he, he had a podcast where he, like, traveled around the desert, like, um, in California, like, into, like, the other areas, those other states, and it's exciting, you know, it's like, that. it's like that movie, but it's also real life in a book, um, the, the gentleman who traveled into Alaska and died um it's the unknown like we're excited about the unknown um so this this whole thing progresses So, so like once a week there's like definitive concrete proof you have the police incident you have a post about this van life a few days later you have them posting in utah and then that's it that's august 25th and i remember the first time i heard about this was when we were like in Chicago or going to Chicago which is like three weeks ago Uh, you know so then from there you have the person of interest this is what I want to ask you about person of interest comes home goes to his parents home or whatever in Florida refuses to speak to authorities or the media and that's okay Like, and you haven't heard heard from him thoughts on that I know you 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 have thoughts on that I'm glad you are there at some point (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta paint a perfect picture of Michelangelo. Okay? okay,
1: so you said his parents' house, so apparently they were living at his parents' house, um, together, and he comes back by himself. And it's no, you know, where, where's Gabby at, which is just like it's crazy to me because if you live with somebody, somebody lives in your house. And, you know, two people live in your house and one comes back and the other one doesn't come back. I don't give a fuck if it's your son. Um, Do you not ask, like, where where is she? And I remember I tweeted, you know, and again, like, this is why, like, race has to come in to, to play here. And a lot of people are frustrated and annoyed and think that, like, when people comment on the media coverage, you know, when you know, a, a blonde white girl or, you know, a white woman or white person is missing as opposed to when a black man, black woman, black child is missing. Like, it seems like very cold and very um, unsympathetic. And I just wanted to be known. Like, I'm very, very saddened for Gabby and her family and What they're going through and prayers up for them, but just talking about the whole scope, the, the whole scope of the whole thing. Like, if Brian Landry was black, I remember I tweeted it out. I was like, if he was black, they would have been got him and already violated all of his rights. Because I said that in, re, in relation to the fact that he didn't talk to the police because he, uh decided to exercise his constitutional rights um you know fifth amendment refuse you know don't want to incriminate himself etc cetera, etc cetera. and i'm like if it was a black guy they would have had him holding kept them 48 hours and interrogated him and all that shit and i just feel like all the law enforcement had, has like a very like laissez-faire attitude towards him because even even a warrant that, like, the FBI put out, it's not for her murder. It's for, like, just how he's been, like, acting. So any charges brought against him so far will be very, um will, will not be as harsh as murder. So I, I think that's, that's insane in and of itself.
0: Also, if, like, they were from New York, uh, gentleman might have been in uh, our institution that's under review right now, Rikers Island, for yep. a year. And then, if he had an infraction of having bubble gum when you're not supposed to chew bubble gum, he would get another six months. End up ending being there for ten years for a simple wearing a backpack that looked like a bomb. Or there's there's, there's yeah. a story that happened. Just look it up. Call but it um, order. yeah, you know what I mean, though. But I'm just saying, like, it's frustrating. That uh hey yeah. it's a real privilege. Okay. All right. And it it's interesting uh, because two two
1: black men, um, Jelani Day, was found in um uh, a river in Illinois, um, outside of Chicago. Um, uh, and it's like his his disappearance was only brought up because, you know, of this, you know, people being critics of how heavily like her, you know, dismissing person's case. Was being broadcast all over the, the the world, probably, but at least like the country. And you know this 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 gentleman, um, Jelani Day, like his, you know, him being missing was brought to the fore- forefront because he was like, this guy's been missing for like months, and they literally found him as they like a couple days after they found um, Gabby, and then another gentleman. Daniel Robinson, 24-year-old, a geologist, left his work site and has been missing since June 23rd, um, three months. And Petito's case, he's black, Petito's case renewed a push to find him in Arizona. Like, it literally took this white girl going missing in order for people to be like, oh, like, maybe we should look in, the, maybe we should reopen these other missing person cases, And try to find these people you know because how and they basically found her within a month
0: it's also like you you mentioned these these cases there's cases that have been opened up from the power of documentaries like you have the, the cold case uh murders and stuff um we talk about the whole thing with um things being brought to light Decades later, like last week, if you go back to our previous episode about sexual allegations being brought back into, you know, things that people knew about and stuff, but like talked about more, and then things are actions are taken, uh, and it's the power of the media, uh, for better or for worse. You know, like at some points it's good, and at some points it's it's hindering to uh, everyone. But that's the whole point of. Um, what I'm, you know, what we're talking about, where it's like, how is it? How, how do we find out about this information? Because I, I would have no idea about this. I'm not back in the day. You would have a, a local newspaper and be like missing person, whatever, and you would never see it again. Uh, but we have the power now to do, you know, good things and like disseminate information.
1: Mm-hmm. Like social media, social media. Um, a few years back, I want to say like 2019 or 2018. There were 12 black girls um, or black females, which ranged from the ages of young girls to grown women who were missing in the DMV area, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And it was only really brought to light through social media, only brought to light through social media. And even then, like nobody knows if any of these women have been found or anything like that. And it was all through social media because people were like, okay, like these, you know, just because they're not like some blonde white girl, like nobody like cares about it or the news doesn't care to, 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 to report it, you know, and try to find these girls.
0: Like we had that whole case, um, that, that horror house, uh, probably during the same time as Holloway, um, where they had like, just gener- like a generation of girls there and uh, it was in Cleveland, right? Remember Ohio? Remember that story where it was like mostly bl- black girls and uh, you know what I'm talking about? There was this whole story where someone kept people like someone kept the whole thing there and it only came out later on when one of them came out and they did a thing but like this was going on. Like, Those are white this... girls. You're talking about the, the office in Cleveland?
1: Ariel Castro? Oh, it was white? Yeah, okay, yeah. Never mind. Well, there was two up.
0: white girls and one Spanish girl. Me as a person, I you know, I growing up, I always watched talk shows, I always watched cable news at night. Um, I stopped watching it just just by society, we, you know, it's more like social media and stuff. And I would I would see this pop up every once in a while, and it would be like trending at as at some point, and I would look at it and it was just a story to me. Like I didn't really think about like the person and stuff. And then um, when I like dealt, I delved into it and uh, dove into it. Um, uh, I'm thinking about like, like uh, anything can happen in one second, like weird stuff can happen. So you have this whole like massive story of this elaborate tale of, again, a cross country trip, you know, presumably gone wrong, like a murder, uh, single murder um but like i've seen stories too and i've seen it on the internet where like one second things just went terribly wrong and now like i saw the human thing i seen the stuff in real life too just like one moment and it's like the story of something that happened and then the actual visual of it and like seeing it it's like coming together with uh, that video with like we're watching the body cams and we're watching later on them taking photos together uh, on their potential uh, social media thing um, like I think like everything was all right like smiling and stuff and it's it's it, it's 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 a very important message for domestic violence uh, who might whoever is just for everyone, like it's it's an important thing because one little like yell or like yelling at someone in the supermarket or a little smack here, it could eventually just become a big story like this. Um, and we're making a whole thing about it, roughly so, but also because how the media presents, oh, this is palatable. You know, we, we can see this, uh, but this happens every day in your in, in your neighborhood in, in your town you know so um, that's why I'm, I, I want to talk about it not so much of a sensationalism of it just more of um, some people take things out on people and they're hurt and it's it's wrong It's it's, it's, a, it's very bad' it's very sad and uh, I can't get into more of that but I have a history of it with in my past and I just want to make sure that uh, before things go crazy, if you're feeling something, there's something called Rage-aholics, you know, and there's take it. And uh, if you're feeling like you're stressed out, I, I should just do it because before you hurt yourself or you hurt someone else, I, I would do it. They give it for free if you have insurance. There you go. That's all I'm saying. That's all Check. That's a that number number? Or... No, it's, it's everywhere. They, they, they have it with um, any, if you have insurance, they do it uh they offer uh they offer it with the same thing with like uh cholesterol and like other like health things it's yeah it's mental health mental health month so september mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah well you know I, I wanted to talk about like just like the media coverage of it and it, it like got me thinking of like you know how you know we always talk about like comedians and stuff and um you know, I thought of one in particular, and then when we were talking about it, and, you know, you brought up, like, Natalie Holloway, um, it got me thinking of another comedian who we, we celebrated on there, Patrice O'Neill. You know, one of his, like, stand-ups. He, he started off, and he was just like, you remember that guy killed that girl, Natalie Holloway, right? And he was like, you remember he killed, like, that that's that um that South American girl too, like what was her name? And he was like, what was it? What was it? Was it? And he was like, exactly, because nobody remembered like the the other girl that he killed because she wasn't white. And then I remember Dave Chappelle, one of his specials, he was talking about like Elizabeth Smart, who was like held captive, I think, for like nine months in like 2002 in Utah. And it was, like, a whole ordeal. And the country was, like, all over it looking for her. And, like, eventually she was found, like, thank God. But then he also talked about, like, in Philly, there was, like, a six-year-old girl, if I'm not mistaken, who was kidnapped. And basically outsmarted her kidnappers and found her way home in, um, in like, two hours. And that was-, it was basically news in, like, Philly. And it led local news in Philly that night. And it was like never talked about again. And it was like and, and I it was one of the things where it's like, okay, like why wasn't there more like national media on this? Because maybe that girl could have, you know, talking to her and putting her on news, she could have like gave people insight on what to do if you're kidnapped. And that, maybe that's like what I meant. these further I meant kidnappings, that. these further kidnappings, like you know could possibly like most of them probably not all could have been prevented if you'd have given the platform to you know this young black girl and her family but no you're more you you know like you saw sensationalism you know if it's like a blonde white girl everybody cares because everybody you know every that's america's daughter that's america's sister that's america's mother you know it's just weird how media works and again i just want to emphasize like i'm not trying to downplay this girl being murdered and i really 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 hope that her murderer is brought to justice especially if it is and who oh, i believe it to be this young that you know this um brian laundry
0: yeah i just want to say real quick um uh that's what i meant by uh the story of the the girl coming out of the bottom basement window that's what i meant not the cleveland thing i know i know both things that's what i meant though that story that was not told by anyone i heard about it later on by saying that no it was not brought to attention which was insane a very powerful story um that's that's beside the point okay so about a year and a half ago Um, A lot of things were supposed to premiere, a lot of events were supposed to happen, Um, and everything kind of was postponed due to the global pandemic. Um, Personal story, I was supposed to see the premiere of, at the time, Bond 25 in London. I had the opportunity to see a James Bond movie premiere, like, you know, or just like in theater somewhere during the week it came out, which would have been fun. That didn't happen the movie was postponed 18 months here we are uh james bond it, now it's entitled no time to die 25th installment of the most popular franchise in film history arguably worldwide uh james bond no time to die starring dan craig is uh set to premiere um Shug is a huge fan. He, he's, a, he's a deep fan. He's into the he read the books. we saw talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, he, as, you, as, as I speak, he is showing off his collection. Yeah, these are uh, two, we, two. One I've started reading
1: and one I've yet to read. But both, I've read my fair share of the original Ian, Ian Fleming um, 007 James Bond novels. So, I, I, I believe I am very very um qualified to speak on this subject that has been brought up in the past week because uh this will be um as I said in the intro assumed to be Daniel Craig's final James Bond film his fifth and final James Bond film. Um, I'm in heavy anticipation to see it on October 8th. Uh, I haven't been in a movie theater since me and Mike went to see um, uh, 1917, I believe. So yes. that's going to be an experience. Um, but as Daniel Craig, you know, leaves the role of James Bond, as we all know, Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, um, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan. He's the sixth actor to play James Bond. Um, so obviously the next person fell on his shoes is going to be the seventh. And he had some thoughts on it. And Barbara Broccoli, who is the um, daughter of Albert Broccoli, otherwise known as Scully Broccoli, who along with Harry Saltzman brought James Bond to the screen. So essentially, this whole franchise is her legacy, as well as Michael G. Wilson, who was Albert Broccoli's um stepson, so her stepbrother. Those two are the executive producers of the film series. But Barbara Broccoli has been quoted as saying, like she has no intention to, uh, make James Bond female. Or to change the gender of James Bond or 007. Well, mainly James Bond, because what we've heard is Letitia Lynch, who um, if you've seen Captain Marvel, she played um uh Monica Rambeau, like at the end of Spectre, spoiler alert, um James Bond, I think, like retired from MI6 and you've retired from being 007, so he went off to live life. Um, you know, lived the rest of life in retirement. So his 007 title was passed on. It's going to be passed on to Letitia Lynch in this movie. And I guess at some point he's going to um, take it back. Um, but he was asked about the future of James Bond and, you know, possibly James Bond being a person of color or being rewritten, rewritten as a person of color or rewritten as a female character. And he said, there simply should be better parts, there, there simply should be better parts for women and actors of color. In saying like, there should be a character that is of the same level as James Bond. We shouldn't be changing um, these characters Genders or whatsoever, it should be such a equal playing field that there's already a female equivalent to James Bond. There's already, uh, you know, Latin James Bond, Chi- uh, Asian James Bond, an African American or 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 black James Bond. It should be already be, you know, people already should be characters of that stature. And I'll tell you what, like I totally agree with him because. James Bond is a literary character, so therefore he was written with a certain physical appearance and already a, a certain personality, so to speak. And Ian Fleming in the initial novel, um, Casino Royale, which was like the 22nd, the 21st Bond, Bond film. Um, but it was actually the first story written about James Bond. But in our book, his physical inspiration was Hoagie Carmichael, who's like a white actor from like the 1920s and 1930s. And in the books, um, James Bond expressed the racist and the homophobic and the misogynistic attitude of its author, Ian Fleming. Um, though as society progressed the literary and the cinematic character of james bond obviously progressed also um slowly but steadily so i believe that's important and you know my idea is like you shouldn't want like straight men and in this case a straight white man to become extinct you should want their attitudes and ideals to progress with society as i think the james bond series has certainly done like if you watch a James Bond film from the nineteen sixties, like you would see Sean Connery, like slap a woman. Like would you see Daniel Craig's James Bond slap a woman? No. Um, women were very like dispensable in you know earlier James Bond and Roger Moore and George Lazenby movies, but later on in the series they weren't. So obviously he grew, uh, he grew, um, as society did. Um, Idris Elba was always like bandied about to be a replacement for James Bond for, for Daniel Craig's James Bond. But Idris Elba is 49 and Daniel Craig is 53. So it's not really like a huge difference. And if somebody's assuming the role of James Bond, you they would be expected to be James Bond in multiple films. So assuming like um the average is like three films. Um, three to five movies, and they're usually like two year made two years apart. But um, with Daniel Craig, you know, obviously different like production issues arise arose, and the movies starting to have started to have longer gaps. But assuming they were like two years apart, if he did like five movies, that means he would be playing James Bond into his sixties, which was an issue for Roger Moore um because he started to get older as a matter of fact like his last movie the thing that made him realize like he shouldn't be james bond anymore is because the bond girl um tanya roberts god rest her soul her mother was younger than he was in his final film and he was like all right it's time to hang it up
0: that's interesting um also uh i want to jump on the one point you made about um creating your own characters not just like changing a gender changing the whatever uh earlier while we were going to AEW, we found out that uh melvin van people's dad mm-hmm. he created a character you know a sweet badass song you know like creating characters of you know just other people can identify with is important um i i know it's a cliche but people always say like oh you know like hey, they redid one years and stuff. Like, It's like creating your own identity, creating your own whatever, not just, you know, just changing it, changing the gender whatever it is something that people keep bringing up. Um, but with James Bond, I don't have that connection with James Bond. So I, I appreciate what, what you're saying about it. Um, do you think that, because apparently there's great spoil. there's no spoilers, like what's, what's gonna happen? Only the fact based on uh, like a year and a half ago, Dan Craig talked about how he's a you know he's hanging it up. And then he made comments like five years ago about like oh I it. inappropriate, uh, I would slip my wrist before I did it again. And then he apologized about it. But c- can you see like someone taking the mantle and then they do like the 27th one or 26th, 27th, where it's like multiple James Bond. There's like you know then like then from there they can just like kind of what Marvel is doing where they're gonna change Spider-man to like different characters or do you think James Bond is that pure where it's like it's like the next one is gonna be uh, 20 years like it's gonna be one person for the next deck uh generation because Daniel Craig is the longest running James Bond correct me if I'm wrong yeah as far as like years yeah. Who's the and, longest. Uh, five years, uh, five films. Uh, I know Roger Moore did seven, right? Seven movies, but mm-hmm. five movies in fifteen years. So, um, I don't know. Like, like as a as a fan of the, you know, I I'm a, I haven't watched every movie, which I'm going to change that this year. That's what one of my uh, goals. Um, the importance of what he said, um, um, I think, is more important than the the potential of like a franchise. You know, because as like an actor where he, at one point said it was like over, very overwhelming, but he's also saying that someone else can, you know, just like create their own character. Cause it's like, it's, it's a burden being this James, you know, we talked about Sean Connery a year ago. You think of Sean Connery, you think of James Bond. It's a burden. It, it's, it's something you have to um, carry on in your career. It's more more so than like the, our American, you know, like Batman and everything. But I don't know, like, uh, where do you see it going after this? Because like I don't know what you, what you know about twenty five or the No Time to Die. What do you where do you see this franchise going? Because it's more than a franchise; it's like institution at this point. But where do you see it going? Oh, that's on like a broad question. Boy, going back to like what you
1: asked before um which was whether or not like they would do multiple james bond and like one movie ah, and okay. then okay. branched off and stuff like that the one thing i would say about the whole series is that they've kept the same formula i know there's been like fan theories that perhaps james bond you know due a certain like you know easter eggs or certain references made in the film that oh like perhaps James Bond is just like a code name that's passed on to person to person all in all I believe like it's all the same character but just in different movies and I think like every character has its own like each film that they're in is kind of like their own like timeline you know, but it's the same essential character. The root of it is the same character. That's why you have, you know, different M's, different Q's, different money pennies, different Felix Leiders. Um, It's the same person, but he just interacts with different people. And I think, like, the next James Bond, uh, I'd assume would be much younger in, this, in the initial Casino Royale. He was, like, in his mid-30s, mid to late-30s. So that's why when they started Daniel Craig with Casino Royale, he was at the time Daniel Craig was thirty-seven years old or thirty-six years old. So I'm thinking like the next, um, actor I don't know who's in on the short list, but I assume it would be somebody in their like mid to late thirties and i'd assume like it'd be a whole new m whole new money penny whole new q like a whole new like just starting fresh and just new adventures you know there's a there's a lot to to um there's a lot even books they haven't um whether it be ian fleming's books or even like the later or authors that took up the um the authorship of the James Bond series. There's a lot of different stories that haven't even been like adopted.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned shortlists. Everything I've read, like I don't believe in it because besides Pierce Brosnan, he was the only one who like he had a pedigree, but it was like a TV show that was on BBC and like you know, like uh that's the only one who really Sean Connery had success earlier too. But um, they're saying uh, Tom Hardy, no. Like they're saying people like that. And it's just like, they're just saying names. Uh, It would probably be someone either completely unknown or they would go, I think multiple or like just like a whole team. And then the franchise would just, you know. But again, it's it's foreign to me, literally. but I, I really, I appreciate the, the idea of the franchise because it's, again, it's like, it's like an institution, like in film, uh, you know, when I think about uh, them, James Bond is on like a, another level. Um, and then I'm going eventually gonna watch all of them and besides just me watching documentaries about it. Um, but yeah, but, but Dan Craig's in, in particular, again, Dan Craig's uh, statements are um encouraging uh, you know at first he said he, he felt very he was um he, he he said it was from fatigue from like box office in a box office uh press press uh uh press tour fatigue that he like hated the character and he was like oh fuck it i'm done um i think he actually appreciates it so he should get a say in the next whatever they go in the, in the thing because he brought the most in the in generate like not just goofy just like it, it became more greedy i remember i watched like casino royale in like 2007 and i was like this is badass i liked it because i didn't like it before it was like cartoony to me i guess it's somehow people look at batman and shit but i was like um i like daniel craig and i only knew him from like the british mobsters shit which was very niche um, but yeah, he should have a say in it. I know he already kind of at one point disowned it, but now he's trying to bring back where he's like, okay, maybe one day I'll, uh, you know, I'll come back to this project, but this is presumably the end. That's what the great title of No Time to Die is fucking like 60s style James Bond. I love it. So there you go. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think like, if they were, like, a replacement for... I I don't think it should be a woman. I Just, like, as a fan of the series and just as a fan of the character and as much as I know about him, I don't think, like, it it should be a woman. I think him being a man is important, and I'm going to, like, get to that in a minute. But I do think, like, at this point, a person of color... Um, could be an option and should be an option but only if they're british born because i don't think like him being white and british is as important as it used to be but i think like it being a person who is from the uk is is like an important um aspect of it and the reason why i think it's like it should be a male is because like if you watch james bond like a bunch of like the emotional weight of the movies is always based on the the bond women and the different women and especially in like to me like the best um the best if not one of the best james bond films skyfall the relationship he had with m when she was played by judy dench in her last role like, that played, like, a very, very vital role. Like, the kind of, like, mother-son dynamic um, he had with her. Like, it played a big part. And I just feel like it's, it's funny enough, like, the criticism that came from his initial quote. Like, that section of society has rendered, like, straight men basically expendable and unnecessary. In not so that if they were to, because to, I'd assume if they're going to have a female bond, they're not going to go like, it's not going to be like, all right, it, she's going to be a woman. She's going to be black or, you know, Asian or some other race. And she's also going to be bisexual or LGBT. I don't know if they would do all of that if, if they were to decide to change. But I think if it was a straight woman and the male love interest were to die, nobody would give a shit. Like, I remember I watched this movie, on um, Columbiana, with um, Zoe Saldana. And it had the dude from Alias and, like, never been kissed. And he was, like, the love interest. And I can't remember anything significant that dude did in that movie. And I'm like, perhaps that's why there hasn't been, like, a female... James Bond character because oddly enough, um Lara Croft, when they did Tomb Raider, like did anybody even realize like Daniel Craig was I think like the love interest in one of those
0: movies? Anybody? I wanna bring up Tomb Raider. Uh, I had Tomb Raider written down. But and they I'm also made the old, a yeah, they made, they made the old, another yeah. movie and
1: nobody cared.
0: But Tomb Raider was more like Indiana Jones, but i I remember like but I had that written down because like that's the only like very empowered woman me growing up i saw like you know, on film and it was like based on the thing uh but to- uh, yeah i totally agree where it's like but it, again but she was masculine though so that's the whole thing yeah that you can't like it's hard to argue like where the next james bond is gonna come out they're gonna do the whole do 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 and what's she gonna have like a freaking like gun, and then like a strap <laughs> i don't know it's gonna be very masculine in nature anyway Mm-hmm. so okay. you know what i mean there's always going to be like from the male gaze which yes. is hollywood um so i don't know what the point would be anyway to change like when people think about star wars the new star wars and stuff it's like they they're saying like oh it's a new like uh luke and like you know they have the whole freaking lightsaber and stuff and it's like it's always going to be masculine and, and like nature and felt like the gun is like foul, Like it's like it's always gonna be criticized, no matter what, and it's better to make a fucking great m- fucking movie. But uh, I get it, you know.
1: It's like getting yeah, a like rebooted, like Sex in the City, with like four dudes. Like who oh,
0: who, uh, who, who who would want to see that? <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, you still married? No, nah, we got divorced. Oh, okay.
1: And uh, you don't know, cool, watch man. the game?
0: That's the whole fucking <laughs> uh, f. Fuck, no sex in the city. All right. <laughs> yeah but um you know back to like his quote
1: like my initial reaction to it too was um like John John Schaaf like Shaft, um Ed Tittyman, who was like a white writer that wrote this black um detective John Schaff and was played awesomely by Richard Roundtree and um Shaft and Shaft in Africa and I think it was like Shaft back in action was like the third movie um and then they remade it and it was Sam Jackson but what they messed up to me is the fact that he was like Shaft's nephew and Richard Roundtree and Sam Jackson weren't like that far apart in age that like he, you know they convincingly could play Um, uncle and nephew. And then they made another shaft movie, um, like a year or two ago, where like Sam Jackson's shaft was father to like the new shaft. And then Richard Roundtree wasn't his uncle anymore. He was his father. So they basically bastardized the whole shit. But I always thought of shaft because if you ever like talk, like you ever hear like not just like black men, but a lot of like people of different races. Um, talking about Shaff, like Shaff was like uh, like 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 an idol, like a, a role model to a lot of people, and I just thought like that would have been a character that you could kind of be like, okay, like couple of people you could play Shaff in this story, that story, that story. Okay, that guy's too old to play Shaff. Let's move on to another person. Then he's playing Shaff, and I could have they Shaff could have essentially been like the counterpart to um james bond especially here in america because you gotta have james bond the british uh john Schaff could have been an american um james
0: bond and all right. you can gonna have john shaft open up a detective agency or a private eye thing or whatever in like each different city in america or whatever and, and like start new adventures and shit and it's a it's a western that's why i know you like james bond too because it's like um uh for what it is, but if you translate it to, like, American stuff, it's, like, it's, a like, a Western, where it's, like, bounty, you know, killer kill for hire, or, or not killer for hire, but, like, a bounty hunter type thing, Um but the exploitation movies were, kind of, like, a mixture of that, where it's, like, you get the woman, you have a license to kill, license to whatever, and then, also, you're an outlaw. James Bond, you're part of an agency. You're part of this whole, you know, the, what is it, M6, right? MI6. MI6, I'm sorry. But then, um, so you have like this other whole world of possibilities of being like kind of like F the establishment. You're like more like uh, my own man. And that's why I liked it better. Yeah. And like people talk
1: about, like I think it, J.J. Abrams is doing like a Superman movie, and he's trying to, or well, he would like to cast a black man in that part. So people is all you know. People probably reacted. I was like, "Well, Superman can't be black." But I mean, I think it's different from James Wan because Superman is a like Clark Kent, uh, Kal El. He's an alien. So it's like if. An alien could look like a white guy from Earth. He could very well look like a black guy from Earth. Like, why would somebody from another planet look like a human being, anyways? You know, so that's why people would be open to that. And then I think the thing, you know, uh, like on BuzzFeed, I, w- I was pleasantly surprised because a lot of people in the comments agreed with Daniel Craig and like I admon- I admonished the article itself because the person um, that wrote it was saying, like, maybe it's time for a change, but it's a 60-year franchise and 25 movies deep, and it's already been... It's changed rapid. It's changed a lot over the years. Like, Quantum of Solace was, like, the first Bond film where um James Bond didn't sleep with the main Bond girl. Then... Skyfall which I talked about a little bit ago like it was kind of hinted that perhaps James Bond had had like homosexual encounters so they've dabbled the waters of change or progressing with society while maintaining the same literary character and it's just like you know I think of it if you change James Bond somebody was written to be a certain way it would be like explicitly written to be a certain way it'd be like changing like female later literary characters like jane Eyre or like virginia wolf and nobody like nobody wants to see that either
0: i got two points um the first the first one i mentioned is the, the thing you just mentioned about um the the new friend the new series the latest four that they made um I understand that it was like the first time they had like storylines kind of like going to the next one. Yeah. And then it was kind of like a franchise where they were like... It was like, usually one-off. Yeah, like tiptoeing into the idea of like a whole universe where, you know, and people are speculating if it's going to like... Yeah, all right. Five movies. That's like a Marvel type of thing. Um, but yeah, like that, that's one thing. Uh, and you mentioned Superman with... Uh, creating a, a Black American character, um, I'm not sure if they ever did this in comics, but you know, James, uh, you know, um, from a James Bond. But let's go back to Clark Kent. Like coming from another planet, he was shipped off alone to grow up somewhere else. as like an adoption thing. It's also like an allusion to. You know, there's a, a lot of Jewish background to it, but I can I can perfectly see them creating a new superman where it's like thousands of these same capsules of clark kent or you know gile J- 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 going out there and then there's like all these Superman out there super people out there and then superman comes out and then he saves the world and then everyone realizes they're superman i can see that right now with the pitch do people want to see that? Would you see that? I can see that happening. That's my pitch right now. It's like, where it's like, Oh, you realize that there's so many Superman in the world from this one planet. I can see that right now. That's a little pitch. Uh, but with James Bond, um, I think it's going to be the culmination of what you think of James Bond. Um, I think they are going to go the route of a team that's, that's how I see it. they're gonna go with it. Is, is it safe? Yes, that's why I think they're gonna go with that. I don't I don't see them. Uh, it's a different culture too, but you know, I, I think it's gonna be more of they're gonna go in more in depth with the whole 007, where it's like a team, where it's like the you know the MI6. So um, I see going more of a group thing, um, but I think. Uh, I was supposed to see the movie, you know, in theaters and in the, in England. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate myself to watching all the movies too before this comes out and be more educated when it comes out in the next couple of weeks.
1: Okay. Well, as a person who watches James Bond and knows James Bond, they're gonna keep it one character and probably just hire a new Actor, and I will be the new James Bond. People will see the movies, and people won't play it simple. Yeah. but you know, just was I don't want to get lost in it. Is like his Daniel Craig's original point, which is just that there should be roles of you know the same caliber, the same caliber as James Bond for women, people of color. LGBT, it's like, you know, I, like all in all, I don't think equality is like, okay, everything you have now becomes mine. Mm. That's not equality. That's just changing the power dynamic of who's the dominant society and who's not. I think equality is, okay, you have that house. I should also have a house like that. Plain and simple, there's enough space, there's enough resources for it to be that way and I think that's that's what I think that's the point that Daniel Craig was getting to and now award of the week and this one I actually got like fairly earlier early because I think I saw it right after we recorded last week's episode I'm gonna give it to uh former Marvel writer Don McGregor for writing Black Panther versus the KKK, which is very significant, because as you can see here, he has a cover of black a cover with Black Panther just beating up the KKK, which is like cool in of itself. Um, they had to change it to Clan with a C instead of a K for obvious reasons, and he, the reason he did that is because the editors. Um, And the people in charge of Marvel at the time always wondered about Black Panther. Why aren't there any white people? And he said, you know, and his response was, it's Wakanda. It's a secret African nation that's um, technologically advanced. So therefore, they, you know, white people, A, weren't there and B, weren't necessary. So, um their fear was that not enough white people would pick up the Black Panther book, so they basically put him made a mandate that he had to include white people in um Black Panthers um comic book series. So taking that mandate, what he did was he said, "All right, let's have this um uh, storyline where the the Ku Klux Klan invades." Wakanda and Black Panther beats the shit out of him and you know he comes out the hero to uh, much to their chagrin but it actually like became one of the best selling like Marvel issues um, at a time when Marvel was basically like in financial flux uh, so I wanted to give that award to Don McGregor for basically standing by his beliefs and he was eventually fired And he really felt bad because he was so attached to the character of Black Panther. And it speaks volumes to allyship because, you know, he could have simply been like, all right, this this Black character, all right, I'm going to give him, like, a white person that's, you know, um, better than him, and that's going to help push Black Panther. And he said, no, like, this is my character. There needs to be somebody for um african-american kids who are comic book fans to look up look forward um to look up to and he um accomplished that by you know essentially doing what he was told but not in
0: the way that he was told so i always thought that was cool i know exactly what you're talking about um my brother has that has a my brother has has the the comic um I didn't know you were going to bring that up. I actually know what the... I've read the comic before.
1: And then honorable mention this week goes out to something I woke up to, which was Paul Shear. If um, anybody's familiar with him, listeners are familiar with him, if you watch the show, The League, um, he was a cast member on our show. I love that show. So I was totally... I totally knew who he was. But Shannon Sharp, I saw him kind of having like a having a back and forth. And usually it's a lot of like racist um trolls, like right wing people that interact with him and he puts them in his place. And all those times like Shannon Sharp totally agree with him. Other times he says like some outrageous sports takes and obviously and interacts with you know people who disagree with him. And this was one of those times, and I guess what he was talking about was the dynamic between the Lakers and the Clippers as far as L.A., which is interesting because we talked about the Nets. Um, This idea um, where Cassidy Hubbard asked Fred Joe if, like, he thought, like, the Nets, if it was possible that the Nets could take over the New York media market. So... Shannon Sharp on um undisputed with Skip Bayless and him said it's a Lakers and a Dodgers town. I ain't see nobody say I'm a Clipper fan, not one except Clipper Darrow and Marcellus Wiley. And Skip Bayless replied, You're afraid of what the Clippers are. And Shannon Sharp laughed that off by saying, What are they? And then um A woman responded to him and said, um, you know, basically defended the Clippers fans that are in LA. And Shannon responded, Clippers fans are only family members and friends of family members of Clippers fans. Nice try though. And Paul Shearer said, it took you, to that response, it took you two hours to come up with that. And Shannon said, um. Well, we know Paul share. He has like a gap tooth. He has like a gap tooth smile. So he said, "That's le- that's still less time than it would take a dentist to close that gap between your teeth." By the way, and Paul Shear said, "With comebacks like that, I get why your girlfriend picked Marlon Bird." So I didn't. I didn't understand where I was coming from, but then I looked it up, and I guess like Shannon Sharp's ex-girlfriend. Um left him and later married um former MLB player Marlon Bird, who was you know like a MLB outfielder. Um had a couple great, you know, a couple good like you know, 30 home run seasons, but not until like write home about. But he eventually eventually married him and like um they they had children and stuff like that. So it was just like a real like sick burn, and it was so like sick that like. If you didn't know, you had to go and look it up, and that's what I did. So that's who is getting the award of the week and the honorable mention this week.
0: Mike, final thoughts. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, AEW. It's more than this week. It's been the whole month. Um, it was fun. I feel like I have to look back and uh, enjoy it. Because uh, at the time, there's always, like, getting there. It's always an issue. We did the planes, trains, and Ubers uh, when we went to Chicago. And I went to Newark one time. And then we went to Queens. And, but, the, you know, I have a whole disc of video. But more importantly, it's the memory of hanging out. We had a long time. where We had a year and a half of not doing anything together. And it's fun to finally, like, do, do things again. Uh, and be with all the people that I love being with. Uh, you met people that I have been hanging out with the last couple of years, on and off, doing YouTube stuff. Um, you know, and it's 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 fun. It's like my pastime, and what else? Just what just working and doing that, the bullshit stuff. No, uh, this is fun. It's uh, I like it, and uh, it's gonna continue, and I'm I'm happy about that. Uh, James Bond's a you know, I'm a cinephile, we're, we're all cinephiles here. Um, I don't know why the one thing I never really got into was James Bond, but I appreciate the history of it. I'm more interested in the history of it than like the actual movies, which is like interesting. Um, I love reading the backstories about like why Sean Connery dropped out and then he came back later. I love that type of thing. I love the history of uh, not just Hollywood, hey, where, where it's global, uh, it's a global art global industry um, and still is uh, uh, expect more of a, uh, expect more episodes in the future of us talking about this because I'm gonna get more involved in the history of the old movies when be, you know because I'm a little down that I didn't get to see it in person in London but oh well um, things things happen the media coverage of things that happen every day there's crazy stuff that happened that we're used to. When I was a, when I was, when we were younger, when I was younger particularly, I would watch cable news, and they would show like a crime or an incident or a mystery. Uh, Dayline was like one of the best shows that people loved. Um, I'm over it. It's like it's, you know, it's like kind of glow. It's it brings attention to things that people might have forgotten or uh, didn't know about, uh, like shitty. Police work or shitty detective work and shitty, um, just like legal system stuff. We watch great documentaries about how, you know, Central Park uh, and all that stuff like that. Documentaries help. You know, they bring to light um, real life stuff that's real human beings. Like real things happen. Real people people die. Um, there's craziness in the world we're talking about this me and you're talking about this over zoom but there are scary things out there and sometimes people don't know about it but there's these documentaries that come out and then there's also just exploitative media where it's like this is who he is and it's just like people like just want to know everything and it's like gossip like the lady looking out the window like hey who did this who did that I'm more into like the. Um, all right, at the end of the day, it used to be the New York Times was like the record of the day. And like, this is the facts, you know. Uh, we're we're losing gossip and hearsay with like actual stuff, and like we're forgetting that there's like real people involved in this. So when we we decided to talk about the subject, I didn't want to just like talk about just like sensationalized, like what happened. I want to talk about the the effects of it. Uh, how I know about it you know you know so um you know that's that's basically it, where it's there's a power there it's a double-edged sword I would say with with the media now it's you know, social media and stuff uh, we're doing it now we're talking about it now so and that's that's what I'm gonna curl off with which is like my Emma uh Shug
1: yeah
0: AEW was fun
1: um WWE should watch their back because clearly they have a really strong following here in New York City, Um, which way back when in territorial days, WWE was known as New York. So if Mm -hmm. AEW is that, um, has become not huge enough that, you know, they're encroaching in you know, this territory and drawing as big a crowd as they did on Wednesday night. Um, you know, I'll keep an eye on that. Um, Gabby Petito, it's unfortunate what happened to her, especially somebody so much younger than I am, losing their life. I hope that whatever happened to her, um, you know, justice is brought to it. But at the same time, I can't help but see this and at the same time think about like if I went missing or anybody in my family went missing god forbid um would it basically be news um a five second segment on the news or would it be something that they follow as much as this and you know whoever did it was about the justice or you know whoever that was would be found and, you know, that's the, 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 the thing being, you know, um a black person or basically a person of color in this country, the thing you got to watch out for. But again, like I said, I really hope that whatever happened, like, you know, the details emerge and the assailant, should it be um, her fiance, like they brought to the justice. Um. Uh, again, I don't want i i'm i was really glad that context was given to what daniel craig said and people didn't run off with it like oh this is misogynistic this is racist and this is that and he was just you know basically saying like there should be a character that's you know female there should be a character that's a person of color there's a should be a character as LGBT, all of that, there should be those type of characters where you could build a 60-year franchise, but there needn't be, you know, in my opinion as a fan, because he didn't say that, as a fan, my opinion is there needn't be such a radical change to the franchise. As I've said, in today's society, I don't think it's as important for him to be a white guy, but I do feel like it's important to be a guy. Should it be a white guy? Should it be a African American? We got so many great like um English. I mean, should it be a a person of African descent or Latino descent or Asian descent? Like um, it got so many great candidates. I know people was pushing the guy from um, Bridgerton. but you got David Kaluuya, you know who was you know uh, won an Academy Award, John Boyega um you got uh, a you know asian uh british person henry golden um who was in um young rich agents i think the movie was so it's like so many different like guys that you know probably aren't like super duper like you know a-list guys that i think could definitely step into the shoes who aren't white um, but I I prefer like being a fan of the novels and knowing the history of the character and his characterization and his motivations and his personality. Like it, it, it's like it's written and it's meant to be a man. Um, as I've said, there are female characters written meant to be women. Um, LGBT characters that were meant to be. You know gay trans bisexual so i think you know we all need to have our own little um our own little you know pockets but we should be able to uplift and have enough representation that you know the playing field is leveled um as far as the show goes you know keep watching keep listening um, thank everybody who listened to last week's episode We wanted to put that out because it has so much good content um, The audio was horrific But, you know, um, hopefully people, you know, were able to weather through that If not, you know, we tried to, you know, bounce back with a quality episode this week But this has been episode 69 shout out to Rob Gronkowski nice episode 69 of Shug Me The Mooney Shug Me The Mooney Shug Me The the Mooney